Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. This is a time when having a truly irresponsible and corrupt media damages the country. Other times too, but this time in particular, as they put together these media packages and the various court actions, and then intersperse it with what a senator or former governor might say and they create mush the people reporting on this have no idea what's going on and they have no idea the history of this country and they have no idea what the constitution compels and that's why if so many of you are angry at the press you have every right to be and you should tune them out because you're not learning the truth Instead, there is now a juggernaut of pressure for the president just to drop everything and move out. Look at this, Michigan just certified. Well, there's something interesting about that. The Republican legislature, the House and the Senate of Michigan, had asked that board of four people not to act, that they wanted to conduct an investigation. So the legislature was ignored, even though the legislature is in charge under the federal constitution. Did you hear that in one report today? No. So these media packages they're putting together, the pressure mounts and so forth and so on, this is just more the same from the Russia hoax media. And you really have to try and tune them out, shut them off. So we're going to take our time and go through this a little bit differently. When you look back at 2000 and what took place in the state of Florida... You had a rogue Supreme Court. In the state of Pennsylvania, as an example, you had a rogue Supreme Court. 
In Florida, the justices of the court, I believe they were all Democrats, all maybe but one. Most of them were radicals, but even the chief justice, I believe Charles Wells was his name. He dissented against all the other colleagues on the Supreme Court when they, when they wouldn't stop intervening in the count. Now we have something very different that's taken place in the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania. Prior to the election, just prior to the election, they changed the way voting is to occur. Even the rogue Florida Supreme Court didn't do that. On December 11, the United States Supreme Court, having had enough of this, held a hearing on the Florida court's latest action where it kept changing how votes were to occur in order to help Gore. And the next day, on December 12, by a 5-4 to four margin, the Supreme Court held that the Florida court had violated the Equal Protection Clause of the United States Constitution by ordering statewide manual recounts with different standards in the various counties. Now, in Pennsylvania, you have the Secretary of State, excuse me, yeah, who's a leftist Democrat, who gave guidance to Democrat counties, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh among the top, on how to cure the vote, to contact the voters if their ballots weren't properly cast. That opportunity was not afforded to many of the Republican districts. So she purposely sought to affect the outcome of the election. That clearly is a violation of the Equal Protection Clause. And so when you have a federal judge in Pennsylvania appointed at the behest of a senator by the name of Toomey, Pat Toomey, who spends almost no time listening to this case, does not allow discovery to take place, blows off the equal protection and the constitutional issues, and writes a nasty, sarcastic opinion. He had enough time to do that, I guess, into the wee hours of the morning, because he knew the media would pick up on it, and he knew he didn't want to handle this hot potato. In its decision in Bush versus Gore, the Supreme Court stated, and I quote, the right to vote is protected in more than the initial allocation of the franchise. Equal protection applies as well to the manner of its exercise. Having once granted the right to vote on equal terms, the state may not, by later arbitrary and disparate treatment, value one person's vote over that of another. And the court continued. The recount process and its features here described as inconsistent with the minimum procedures necessary to protect the fundamental right of each voter in the special instance of a statewide recount under the authority of a single state judicial officer. When a court orders a statewide remedy, there must be at least some assurance that the rudimentary requirements of equal treatment and fundamental fairness are satisfied. That clearly applies not just to recounts, but to the initial vote. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, the five Democrats against the two Republicans, changed the election laws to benefit Joe Biden and the Democrats. It was well known that the overwhelming majority of mail-in votes would be Democrats. And so the Supreme Court did 
at least three things. Number one, it extended the count beyond 8 p.m. Eastern time on Election Day. Number two, it said you don't have to have signatures or signatures matching. Number three, it said you don't have to have a postal mark, or if the postal mark is not readable, then count it anyway. Three major changes, all pushed by the governor of Pennsylvania, a liberal Democrat, which the legislature had rejected, but the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania imposed on the state. How many ballots does that involve? Now, you're hearing all kinds of weird arguments now. First, you're hearing there's not enough ballots affected, and a federal judge has to be convinced that if there's enough ballots affected, then you can go forward. And then you hear, do you really expect a federal judge to throw out tens of thousands, if not a couple hundred thousand votes? That's not going to happen. Well, which is it? Which is it? The answer should be follow the Constitution and the law. Follow the Constitution and the law. So the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania violated Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 of the Constitution, by acting as a legislature, by acting as a partisan legislature on behalf of the Democrats. This is exactly what the Biden campaign was pushing for. It's exactly what they got. In the most important of the battleground states this election cycle, And you have a judge in Pennsylvania, a Republican, who was a member of the Federalist Society, that simply means he paid his dues, who beats his chest and pats himself on the head and says, look at me, I can write a nasty opinion, I'll put Frankenstein's name in there, I know how to work the press. I looked at this guy's background before he became a federal judge. Utterly unimpressive. A complete political appointment by Toomey. The guy had been some kind of a regional Republican guy. A complete rhino hack. Appointed at the behest of Pat Toomey. No serious legal or constitutional credentials. Could have been picked out of a phone book. But he's gutless. He's gutless. It's clear that the three, this is in Men in Black, it is clear that the three judicial originalists on the Supreme Court, Chief Justice Rehnquist and Justices Anton Scalia and Clarence Thomas, were not able to assemble a majority of the court on the straightforward question of whether the Florida Supreme Court usurped the authority of the Florida legislature in ordering standardless manual recounts past the federal deadline. Nevertheless, the actions of the Florida Supreme Court were so egregious that a majority of the U.S. Supreme Court believed something had to be done. And while five justices signed on to the Supreme Court's decision based on the Equal Protection Clause violations, two additional justices actually embraced the Equal Protection argument even though they voted in the minority for other reasons. And I believe Rehnquist, Scalia, and Thomas obviously tried to make the best of a bad situation unable to convince O'Connor and Kennedy to overturn the Florida Supreme Court on Article 2 grounds. The difference right now is we don't have Rehnquist. We have Roberts. 
and a potentially fatal decision was made a few weeks back when the Supreme Court was asked by litigants in Pennsylvania, please stop the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, please rule that their decisions in changing the election laws and undermining the state legislature in Article 2 should be repelled. Three justices very openly said, yes, we need to address this. Gorsuch, Thomas, and Alito. Kavanaugh moved to the other side for reasons only he knows. He tried to explain them, but they're incomprehensible. Roberts made a phony argument that it's a state court, so he didn't feel compelled to get involved. I guess Roberts, when it comes to reading comprehension, is very, very low because that's not what the Constitution says. It doesn't delineate which court or anything of the sort. It specifically states who's in charge. So we have a a problem now, ladies and gentlemen. While the media and TV hosts and radio hosts, they want to focus on how bad the Trump lawyers are, The filing in Pennsylvania was actually quite strong. And it was given the back of the hand. And the problem is this. When a judge rules in favor of a motion to dismiss, which clearly this judge should not have done, it makes it impossible for the plaintiff to gather as much evidence as needs to be gathered Think about any lawsuits you were involved in and so forth. The filing of a brief is the beginning of the process, not the end of the process. The filing of the brief presents issues, issues that need to be resolved. And isn't it interesting that in virtually every case that's involving this campaign federal or state judges, they're dismissing them one after another. Now, the media would have you believe, and talk show hosts would have you believe, and legal analysts would have you believe, it's as a result of the poor quality of the filing. Most of them have not even read the filings, nor have they read what the courts have done. Motion to dismiss is a high bar to get a dismissal. I'm not even talking about summary judgment. I'm motion to dismiss right out of the box where the judge is supposed to read all the facts and the law in the favor of the plaintiff, the complainant. And even under those circumstances, the complainant can't win, even if they're right on all points. So what this judge did in Pennsylvania in dismissing the case and doing it the way he did it is to try and take the burden off his court to try and humiliate the Trump campaign so that would be the focus and not him. Because these judges are seeing, state and federal judges and Supreme Court justices, that Joe Biden has moved along, he's picking a cabinet, that Republicans are beginning to fold, that people are going on Sunday TV shows bloviating about things they have no knowledge of, Meanwhile, you and I are going to get stuck here. 
when a state or states can violate two parts of the Constitution, Article 2 and the Equal Protection Clause, and there's no remedy. This is a huge problem that will go on in the future. I want to continue this when I return. Mark As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit Levin for Hillsdale. Hillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levin for Hillsdale.com. You could see these things coming back in 2004. And this is a very short segment, so I want to expand it beyond the bottom of the hour. Even before the first vote was cast in 2004, I point out, presidential election Numerous lawsuits were filed, especially in battleground states, with the intention of influencing the election. This is from Men in Black that was written 15 years ago. The suits challenged everything from alleged equal protection violations affecting minorities, ballot access for prisoners, disenfranchisement of overseas voters, accuracy of voter registration rolls, absentee ballot requirements, provisional ballots, and certain paperless voting technologies. And now they have perfected it. Earlier and earlier voting, mail-in voting, late counting, no signature, no signature matching, no GOP observers, Democrat strongholds. And so when you assert like I do that the state legislature needs to step in and insist that the electors should be chosen based on the votes that have been taken under existing law passed by the legislature and not by these unconstitutional actions, you're attacked. Because the left has no interest in the Constitution, and the Republicans just don't give a damn. I'll be right back. As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting 
promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the most passionate conservative on radio. Talk with him now at 877-381-3811. Another perfect example. In Georgia, you have these two crucial Senate races. Here's the headline from Fox News. Georgia extends use of absentee ballot drop boxes for January 5 runoff amid surge in requests. Now, who did that? The five-member Georgia State Election Board, chaired by Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, he's a disaster. The state legislature didn't do that. But he did it. And this board did it. Do you think for one second that the framers of the Constitution would have drafted a Constitution, or the ratifiers in the conventions would have ratified a Constitution that conveyed this kind of power? to bureaucrats and some secretary of state. They didn't even give it to a governor. They said the state legislature. So to me, it's fraud when you violate the Constitution. Now this mantra, you know, we have these media cycles. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? It's a mantra that you never heard during the Russia collusion hoax. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? You never heard it. And there are hundreds of signed affidavits. Now we're we're running out of time. We're running out of time. Okay, whose fault is that? Where's the Supreme Court in the matter that was raised with the Supreme Court? We have no idea. They're sitting and watching. Let me tell you what they're doing. They want to see if it's even necessary for them to step in. So if Article 2 is violated, the hell with it. If the Equal Protection Clause is violated, the hell with it. That's what happens when you don't have a solid uh, chief justice. And when you hear these, these fools who keep saying, move on, move on, move on, we will move on eventually. The problem is, what kind of damage will have been done? Right now, the damage is at is at 10, from the number 1 to 10, 10 being the worst. And these rules, if they're allowed to stand, will stand for the next election and the election after that. And they'll only get worse. All of these changes, all of these changes help one party. And now if you try to to put the genie back into the bottle, you're disenfranchising people, you see. You're suppressing the vote. This is how it works. So you destroy the procedure. You destroy the Constitution. They're in your way. I mean, you have deadlines for a reason. I don't believe the IRS would be uh, governing itself this way. Do you, Mr. Producer? Oh, you know, if there's no postal date, don't worry about it. You ever been audited, ladies and gentlemen? I haven't, thank God. But if you are, you better have your papers 
You better have postal dates. You better have everything. It's not, well, my mother got hit by a car. Well, you know, not, who cares? Who cares? Your, your, uh, your tax return is late. That's it. That's the bottom line. You're going to pay a penalty. Well, that's not fair. And who cares? Fair isn't the word that matters. So we now have a voting system in a number of these states that the legislature never passed. And that means any judge or any groups, group of judges, are now free to change election laws as they wish. And when you have elected judges in states, as you do in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, then the Constitution can go to hell. And then when you have a federal judge who not only rubber stamps it, but then is sarcastic and mocks, then you can realize how dumb that guy is. And he is. I want to tell Chief Justice Roberts, Kavanaugh, and the leftists on the court. If the Republicans do not have 51 votes in the Senate, depending on what happens on January 5th, your entire institution is going to be changed because you failed to stand up and enforce the Constitution. It has consequences. It has consequences. I want to mention another point, Sidney Powell, because everybody's piling on Sidney Powell. I don't have to agree with the way a lawyer presents their arguments, and most times, quite frankly, I don't. I don't have to agree with the way Rudy presents arguments, whether it was Ukraine or whatever, or Sidney Powell presents her arguments and so forth and so on. But why are they trying to destroy her? The Republicans, Chris Christie sits on his fat ass. Why are they trying to destroy her? They're trying to destroy her because of the Michael Flynn case, frankly. That's why. These comments she makes, and I can't even follow them, quite frankly, about China, Cuba, and the communists and so forth. Time will tell. But I'm thinking here, Mr. Bidu, is that any more outrageous than the Russia collusion arguments? Where every time you turned around, there was Russia, 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 Russia. And they tried to remove a president on Russia. And now we know all the senior officials under oath said there was no Russian collusion. They tried to destroy the man over Russia collusion. The FBI was used to try and plant the idea of Russia collusion. The FBI put spies in his campaign. The director of the FBI takes this phony dossier written by a Russian spy, paid for by the Democrats, washed through this organization. This Mark Elias is involved, as a matter of fact. And I can go on and on and on. You know the gory details. Did Sidney Powell do anything like that? Adam Schiff has never said, show us the evidence. I've got the evidence. Show us the evidence. He never had any evidence to show. Hearings, criminal investigations, reporters. Where is the evidence? Where is the evidence? You never heard that. 
You never heard it ever. And the media were perfectly happy with that. In fact, they kept promoting the idea of Russia collusion. And they haven't missed a beat. They haven't missed a beat. Now, when they are presented with evidence, like mounds and mounds of evidence involving the Biden family and Hunter Biden, you actually have a laptop, you have a hard drive, you got the boy's signature, you have a witness, you have emails, texts, you got it all. It's all right there. And what did they do? Ignored it. Worse. They wanted you to think it was a Russian disinformation campaign. Evidence everywhere. Everywhere. You had a witness come forward with a real name. And a stellar background. A hero. Who they pretended didn't even exist. And the Washington Post and the New York Times and all the media outlets didn't want to follow up on any of the mounds of evidence that were available to them. A damn hard drive. Lots of evidence. Tons of evidence. They didn't care. Now it's where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? The biggest problem right now is that the Trump campaign has not been given a day in court. What happened in Pennsylvania was a disgrace. I don't know if the case will hold up or not. I think a lot of these judges now are watching what's going on, and they don't want to get dragged into all this controversy. I really do. I think that's the problem. Anything goes now. The politicians talking about destroying the Supreme Court. Pelosi's talking about... (laughs) let's rebalance the entire judiciary. So the judiciary is under attack, and the independence of the judiciary is under attack. So these are men and women of flesh and blood, and they're very nervous now, these judges. Very nervous. Those that aren't partisan hacks in the first place. So the Trump campaign really is not getting a fair shot in some of these cases. Now, I could sit back like the others and just, you know, these lawyers, they really suck. You know, they bring these cases. Unbelievable. What do they think they're doing? I mean, you don't have enough balance. This is rather fundamental, ladies and gentlemen. It's more fundamental than what the, uh, than what the people in the, uh, in the upper stands are, uh, are saying. This is a big deal what's going on in this country. They are enshrining and institutionalizing fraudulent practices. They're doing going around, in many cases, the Republican legislatures. The Republican legislatures are scared to death. They really won't stand up to this. Maybe they'll hold a hearing or two, but that's about it. The media and their professors are out there saying these legislatures better not act. They're warning anybody who stands in the way that they intend to destroy them. All the guardrails are off. I mean, even look at this parlor. Here's a little entrepreneurial company. I don't know the owner. I don't know who's what. It doesn't matter to me. And they're competing against Twitter and Facebook. And the Washington Post and the New York Times keep doing stories about how it's right wing, how they're into this QAnon. I don't even know what QAnon is. They throw us all in with that that uh, this is basically going to be a, uh, a padded room where we all talk to each other. No. 
no rational, no reasonable explanation for why Parler is growing. Parler is growing because people like me, with huge audiences and huge followings, are not going to put up with censorship anymore. It's really that simple. And rather than writing stories on censorship, what do they say? Oh, they keep putting up this false information and false information. I will check what I've said behind this microphone on my record against the record of the Washington Post and the New York Times any day of the week. Any day of the week. So the media have no problem anymore with censorship as long as it's aimed at you. And the media have no problem with trashing these other sites that are trying to develop because they don't want the competition. What's happened to the Washington Post and the New York Times, they, they were always pretty essy, if you know what I mean. But now they're all in. Now they're all in up to their eyeballs. They don't want evidence. They do want evidence. It just depends on the person. It depends on the situation. And you've got to watch. I don't. But those of you who, I guess you're into pain... You watch fools like Jake Tapper or his ilk on television. You're just watching a Democrat hack. That's all you're watching. An angry, moronic, partisan, leftist, Democrat hack. That's what CNN demands of their hosts. That's what MSNBC demands of their hosts. We'll be right back. As we enter the Christmas season, most of us stop to consider our many blessings. Well, Hillsdale College wishes to thank you for standing with them as they celebrate over 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, without any government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. To learn more about Hillsdale College, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Okay. I think the uh, Israelis, the Taiwanese countries that are good allies of ours, uh, should Joe Biden be sworn in, in many ways they're going to have to go, on, go it alone. Because you look at the people Biden wants in his cabinet, and you look at the people who are whispering in his ear, they are truly radical. Their agenda is going to be quite radical. Basically, what they want to do across the board is reinstitute the Obama administration and then move radically faster and harder to the left. 
That's what they plan to do. And I'm very concerned about these election systems now in these states. I'm very concerned about how the judiciary is conducting itself. The lawlessness is spreading. And what the judiciary is doing, like this guy Bran and others, and Roberts, they're completely undermining the integrity of the vote and the people's faith in the process. Because there are no referees anymore. And it's only going to get worse. They're turning our voting system into California. California, within two years, two years, became a one-party state with massive majorities. Now they have super-duper majorities in the House and the Senate. And while we can win some seats here and there, we have no hope of ever taking back the majority in California. They took a Republican state that Ronald Reagan won as governor, that Ronald Reagan won as president, that George H.W. Bush ran, he won the first time around. And within a handful of years, they turned it on its head. That's exactly what this election's all about. You'll look back on this, and you'll see who the fighters are, and you'll see who the nebishes are, who the quislings are. Well, there are enough votes, well, enough fraud, well, the time's running out, well, people who want to destroy our court system, destroy our Senate, destroy, oh, time's running, we abide by the clock, we abide by the Constitution, and they want to destroy all of it. Who do you think wins in a battle like that? And by the way, why do you think I'm coming, uh, coming under relentless attack now by these snarky, buffoonish types at these various media organizations? Because they're part of the tyranny. They're, they're, they are totalitarian in their mindset. They are radical leftists, neo-Marxists. That's what they are. They don't even know some of them what they are, but they are. They're heroes, John Dewey and others. They thought Marxism was pretty good. And they developed a way to apply it to the United States. It's called progressivism. There you go. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Here's what's bothering me. I like Mark Thiessen a lot. I don't know him personally. He seems like a very, very decent and certainly very intelligent gentleman at the American Enterprise Institute and on Fox. And I very much enjoy listening to him. But here's the thing I, I don't quite understand. And he makes a, you know, a very strong argument that the president should look. He should... He should go ahead with the transition. He should aim at 2024 if he wants to run. Uh, and he says in the, in, in Biden would be just a, a short interlude between, uh, between elections. And he should go ahead in Georgia and help uh, win those Senate races. Now, first of all, on the latter point, win those Senate races. I think a lot is up to the candidates, whether they want the president there or not. I certainly would. Because he'll turn out a ton of Republicans. But here's my disagreement, and I say this with with absolute respect, because I do like the gentleman. They've destroyed the voting system in many of these states. Battleground states, you say he can come back and win in 2024. 
we're going to have the same exact problems. These changes are going to be permanent if they're not challenged. There's a reason the Democrats have pushed for all these things, because it helps them. In normal times, if you send a ballot in, and it misses the deadline, and it's counted, that's fraud. In normal times, if you send a ballot in, and there's no signature, but it's counted, that's fraud. In normal times, if you send a ballot in, and signatures don't match, but you count it anyway, that's fraud. In normal times, if you specifically exclude, say, Republicans from observing the ballot counting, which is the law in Pennsylvania, after all, that's fraud. So I've just mentioned, what, half a dozen or so instances of fraud that have now been institutionalized, that have now been enshrined. And the Democrats know exactly what they're doing. So this is problematic. And if the Supreme Court doesn't address Article 2, then what's to stop the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania or any court in any state, federal or state court, or any governor, or any secretary of state, or any board of elections, or whatever they have, from changing the campaign laws, the election laws? There's nothing. There's nothing. And the changes only go one way. This is the problem that people do not want to discuss and do not want to address. And then when you seek relief in front of a court, you're mocked. You've got lawyers who are threatened. Law firms, big firms and and lawyers who have to resign because they're worried about their safety or there's pressure by the left and the Democrats to get their, their clients to stop using that firm or that lawyer. We've never seen anything like this before. The ABA says nothing. The State Bar Association say nothing. The newspapers say nothing. And then this equal protection issue. You cannot have a state where the Secretary of State, who's a left-wing Democrat, is encouraging boards of election where there are Democrats, particularly in Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or any other major city for that matter, to cure these votes by contacting the voters but withholding that opportunity in Republican areas, which, by the way, violates the law to even look at the vote prior to Election Day. But she did it. Without consequence. So in many ways, what, what's being suggested here is let these rules stand and let the ability of, to change the procedures into the future continue. This is very much about Donald Trump, but it's not only about Donald Trump. It is very easy to buckle under this kind of pressure, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. If I wanted to be a TV star, or meet the press, or face the nation, or any of these left-wing shows, or get a headline in the Washington Post or New York Times right now, I would say, you know what, President Trump, give it up. 
Biden won. It's over. And, you know, the usual stuff. I'd be invited on every show. There would be headlines left and right. Instead, look at the kook fringe, and they won't give it up, and there's no way to get there, and there's this, and there's that. Look, defending liberty, which is what all of us are doing, and defending this republic are not easy things. What did Benjamin Franklin tell you? What did they all tell you? And then the Democrats have told us what they want to do. They want to destroy the republic. They want to destroy the judiciary. This used to upset the media, not anymore. They want to destroy the media, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the, the, the system. I'm watching on TV now, Mr. Producer. They're acting like the president has uh, announced uh, his concession. President Trump expected to remain fixture in politics during Biden administration. Has the president conceded yet? I'm not saying he won't. But that's... What, what is that? Utter speculation. I told you 10 days ago this is an uphill battle. It is an uphill battle. The laws have been changed. The courts are buckling. Makes it tough. Lawyers are being threatened and dropping out of cases. People are being mocked. Their credentials are being attacked. Just move on. Now the Democrats on the left never move on. They never let go of Russia collusion. They even got a special prosecutor appointed. They never let go. They've been talking about Russia. You know what's funny? For weeks, the media and the Democrats talked about the postal system, how it was sabotaged by Trump. Remember that, Mr. Producer? They were lying through their teeth week after week after week. But they were setting up the scenario if Biden lost, quote-unquote, and all the mail-in voting from the Democrats, that they could blame it on Trump. The next conspiracy was the post office. You don't hear a word about the post office anymore. Not a word. Because they feel they've won. In fact, everything's spectacular. Everything went so smoothly. No fraud, we heard two weeks. Just a little fraud. Not enough fraud to matter. Of course, they don't look at it. Oh, these cases are a joke. Oh, the judges are throwing them out. Oh, what's the problem? Oh, what do you want the state legislatures to do? You want them to actually stand up to what's going on? They can't do that. And God forbid if they win the Senate. The very people are talking about, do the right thing, Mr. President. Follow the process. Don't break with tradition. Are telling you they're going to destroy the judiciary. And they're going to destroy the Senate. They not only have it both ways, they have it every way. They turn the system on its head, and when you try and put it back, you're the perpetrator. Take a look at this. 
Trump scores two victories. This is just the news. It just came out a couple hours ago. John Solomon's great site. President Trump's campaign said it scored two victories Monday in its efforts to contest results in several key battleground states. As Michigan state legislators agreed to hold a hearing into election irregularities while a federal appeals court expedited proceedings to consider Trump's legal challenge in Pennsylvania. So the Michigan lawmakers say we are grateful. They, they do not want to rush on this certifying issue. They don't want to rush. And there were lies printed this weekend that Donald Trump was pressuring the Michigan legislatures to appoint their own electors. The White House denied it. Every person in that meeting denied it. And they're still reporting it today. They're liars. So here the legislature has announced they want to look into this. And so what happens? Michigan board votes to certify election results despite GOP calls to delay. So hours later, hours later, the four members of the Michigan board vote to certify the election. Now, I've been watching the news coverage on this the last hour. All they say is the Michigan board voted to certify the election. The legislature, which is supposed to have the, not only the primary, but the plenary power in this regard, it's as if they never said anything. A Republican member, this is D- Detroit Free Press, of Michigan state canvassing board broke with his GOP colleague Monday, joining two Democrats and voting to certify the state's election results. The other guy voted abstain. The decision by board vice chair Aaron Van Langeldelve, or whatever the hell, to not join fellow Republican Schinkel in voting against certification allayed the fears of many that Republican board members would delay formalizing election results. The fears of many? The fears of whom? They just circumvented the state legislature. But that's not how it's reported. I guarantee if the shoe were on the other foot, that's how it would be reported. They just circumvented the state legislature. But we should move on, you see, to the next election. To the next election. I feel these judges in these courts, it's going to be very difficult to have victories. But still, there's something very important about putting your marker down. Very important about putting your marker down. And if a court rules in a way that is really enshrining something that's unconstitutional or unlawful, then it needs to be forced to do it and needs to be called out. See, you and I don't say that the judiciary needs to be, or the Supreme Court, needs. you need to pack the Supreme Court. I've had my own proposals because I don't believe in lifetime appointments really to any of these courts, but that's beside the point. And one of the reasons is because of what you're watching. When a federal judge or a justice becomes a political hack, you can't touch them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? 
That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, Levin Podcast, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. People have asked, so I will answer. Yes, I will be driving about four, four and a half miles to New Jersey from Virginia to have Thanksgiving with some of my family. We have family in all parts of the country. Why wouldn't I? Why the hell wouldn't I? I mean, I wear a mask. I don't need people to tell me what to do. I, I Listen, when Fauci came on early on and said... I, I, I wouldn't do the masks. No, they don't help. You know, the spittle can actually shoot out the side of your mouth if you, you know, if you, and then, and then uh, all kinds of stuff can happen anyway. So, no, I wouldn't wear a mask. There's no point in wearing a mask. Then three weeks later, everybody wear a mask. What? I was just kidding. Everybody wear a mask. It'll save your life. Even more, it'll save the life of the person across from you. As soon as he said, don't wear a mask, you can ask my wife this. I ordered masks on the internet, Mr. Producer. And one of the kids said, you know, we should give those masks to the people in the hospital. And I said, no, I'm wearing the masks. I'm going to wear the mask. Because when some guy gets up like that, it's like, it's like Obama with the, uh, with, the, with the weapons. I never owned a weapon until Obama was elected. Then they're going, oh, the AR-15. I said, what the hell is that? I'm getting one of those, and I have one. It's not my favorite weapon, but I have one. You know, it's time to push back a little bit, folks, don't you think? These clowns, these governors, they're doing whatever the hell they want to do, with whomever they want to do it. I'm not saying do anything stupid or violent. That's the left, you know. You know, we don't agree with that. I have an idea. What? Let's burn the city down. Man, there's so much to write about what the left has done and what the media have done, I tell you. It's unbelievable. But that said, they're violent. They oppose free speech. They oppose freedom of assembly. They're going after religious institutions and religious groups. They're going after the judiciary. They're going after the makeup of the Senate. Why, why are you litigating? It's over. Shouldn't you, shouldn't you be polite and then shouldn't you transition? Oh, oh, sure, sure. Now remember, from their perspective, their perspective, if Donald Trump had won, they were ready to riot. There's plyboard. We never saw so much plyboard in our cities. Beverly Hills, plyboard. Plywood. Everywhere. Everywhere. Cops were ready. 
and nothing. See, there's a Democrats. You don't give us what we want, we're burning your cities down. We don't like what the courts are doing, we're burning them down. We don't like competition, so we'll burn down the Senate. Oh, and by the way, we're burning down the Electoral College. Oh, yeah. But don't litigate. No, no, what are these silly lawyers? Are litigating? What the hell? Well, let me ask you a question, folks. Here's a legitimate question, I think. What's the alternative? What is the alternative? They have no alternative, the critics. None, except to surrender and roll over. They've destroyed the voting systems in one battleground state after another. Now we're supposed to roll over. What is Pat Toomey's answer? He's retiring. And the judge who was outrageous is great. What is Ben Sasse's answer, Mr. Constitution? Hey, he hates Trump. He just got reelected. What's the problem? Let's roll over. Mitt Romney has mental issues. I can't help it. I can't fix that. But you have to ask yourself, what is the alternative? Lawful suits are brought. The gathering information is best as can be done in Democrat cities by volunteers. You're getting, through a process where you're getting a signed affidavit, everything's being followed by the book, it's all quite legal, and they're under attack. Maybe I should call them mostly peaceful lawyers, Mr. Producer. Would that be a good way to do it? We have mostly peaceful lawyers, you see. And even in this process, they're threatening lawyers, they're threatening law firms. But don't, don't, don't follow the law. No, 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 don't do that. Don't. Just, just stop and get ready for 2024. Damn fools. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Conservatism with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now, I want to show you what is contributing mightily to the destruction of this country. It would be somebody like Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, it's, it's hard to know why he is running Meet the Press. He's actually quite stupid. He, uh, he's got the haircut of a two-year-old. He's barely literate, and he's a left-wing Democrat. Well, maybe that explains it right there. But listen to Chuck Todd on Meet the Depressed and think to yourself, wow, we could use Tim Russert about now, or Joel A. Spivak. Chuck Todd? 
What did he win some kind of lottery or something? Cut one, go. In the days immediately following Joe Biden's victory, it was easy to dismiss President Trump's reality denial as working his base or just a tantrum or some sort of strategy for his post-presidency. But now his antics are looking less like a fit of pique than an assault on our democracy. An assault on our democracy. An assault on our democracy. This low IQ, pathetic Democrat Party hack. An assault on our democracy, you idiot. When you were pushing the Russia hoax day in and day out. An assault on our democracy, you idiot. While your party is talking about burning down the judiciary. An assault on our party, you idiot. While your party's talking about burning down the United States Senate and the Electoral College. You're disgusting. You're a buffoon. Buffoon. Comcast, ladies and gentlemen. I gotta, we got to figure out how to get rid of Comcast in this household. I got to get rid of these people. I'm tired of paying them. <coughs> now, sort of the twin is this guy, George Stephanopoulos. Now, let me ask you a question. George Stephanopoulos, when he used to work for Clinton was one of the leaders of the war room. Now, what did the war room do? It attacked any woman who came forward and accused Bill Clinton of rape, assault, sexual harassment. That's part of what George Stephanopoulos' job was. He was so good at it that ABC hired him. So now you see him on the ABC morning show. And then, of course, he has ABC This Week. Remember how good ABC This Week used to be? With Brinkley and George Will when he had his senses and so forth. The only, the only jerk there was uh, Sam Donaldson. But still, Brinkley was terrific. And now you George, again, you reach down into stupid world and you pull up at George Stephanopoulos. So the second Democrat who runs a Sunday show. In fact, they're all Democrats who run the Sunday shows. The only guy that comes on Sunday, Sunday evening, who's not a Democrat, is me and I guess Hilton. I don't know who else is on Sunday. Here's George Stephanopoulos. Cut to go. Defeated in court, the Trump team is telling outright lies in television interviews and press conferences. Forums where you don't face legal sanctions for making false, frivolous, and fantastical charges. This is amazing. This little putz, all four feet, three inches of him, who's lied throughout his life and his career, whether a hack and a mouthpiece for Clinton, and now at ABC News, where they were pushing Russia collusion, and where he trashed the President of the United States, where they lied about their audience, where they they built up Joe Biden. You remember this, punk, don't you? Unbelievable. This is a reporter, don't you know? A reporter. By the way, I might add that the media anchors out there, Philadelphia certifies election results. Michigan, they're very giddy. Very giddy. Of course they're going to certify the election results. Of course they are. Because the courts won't allow the lawyers to gather the information they need. They're just dismissing the cases. 
as if they're swatting at flies. But that's George Stephanopoulos. This is why he and Todd are hated by half of America. But they feel very good because they live among Democrats, they work among Democrats. This is the nature of, uh, of the media today. And then there's a guy like Chris Christie, who's a disloyal SOB. And Chris Christie has no idea what's going on. He's a bloviating, bloated buffoon. But he knows how to get headlines. What does this guy even do? Do you know what he does, Mr. Producer? What the hell does he do? I don't even know. I know he's not running a hot dog stand because, you know, you got to have inventory. And he'd eat it all. Cut three, go. Is it finally time for this to end? Yes. Now, isn't that a remarkable question from a reporter? Meaning they need to end this. Do you agree with me, Chris? Yes. Of course, he's paid now by ABC News. Yes. Go ahead. And here's the reason why. The president has had an opportunity to access the courts. And I said to you, you know, George, sorry. Okay, while you're, while you're, when did he get a lisp? While you're lisping your way through, big boy, they haven't had an opportunity to conduct discovery in a single court. Not one. Isn't that a remarkable America from sea to shining sea? Not one state judge or federal judge has allowed them to undertake discovery. They're dismissing all these claims. They're dismissing all the affidavits. They're dismissing the constitutional issues. Isn't that a little weird? Isn't that weird, Chris? I don't want to hear any more from him. Why should we? Now, Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg should be uh, doing the ABC Nightly News, or maybe she can do the NBC, whatever they could, Nightly, what, uh, I don't even know what they call themselves. No, the news shows. Yes, Whoopi should be the anchor. Why not? I think Whoopi would be a great anchor. I, I would replace Chuck Todd with Whoopi Goldberg. What's the difference substantively? There isn't any. But let's take a listen, shall we? Cut five, go. And there's so much disinformation coming out about these crazy court cases. That Tell me, keeps... uh, Whoopi, have you read any of the cases? Which one did you read and what did you know about it? I don't know. There's just a lot. She sounds a lot like Fauci, doesn't she? Yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot of these crazy court cases, crazy-ass cases coming out here. Go ahead. Happening in Michigan right now. I mean, it, it, it feels like, a, like they're attempting a coup to All right, enough of this idiot. So going to court is attempting a coup. Going to court is attempting a coup? And the idiot Hostin is, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, after all, she's a lawyer. Now let's go to John Bolton. Is he still under investigation? A disloyal SOB who may have, who may, I don't know, have uh, provided classified information. I'm no expert on what he did. But John's come full circle, calling me and others, begging us to call the president so he could become national security advisor. And then while he's in there, he's dropping turds all over the place. Now he wants to get even. He used to hate General John Kelly. Now they're buddies. He used to hate Mattis. Now they're buddies. They're all buddies. Cut six, go. 
Well, I think Biden will be sworn in. I think the real question now is how much damage Trump can do before that happens. I mean, right now, I think Trump is throwing rocks through windows. I think he's the, the political equivalent of a street rioter. Okay, so, so you see what the media do. That's CNN. They bring on the reprobates, the miscreants, and the malcontents, who are Republicans. Tell us, Chris Christie, shouldn't this be over? Yeah, I've never seen anything so crappy in my life. John Bolton. Isn't this the equivalent of putting... Yeah, yeah, it's like throwing rocks through windows. That Larry Hogan, did he, they, they bring him on too? Mister, I got tests from Korea, but they didn't work. Cut 10, go. Two weeks ago on the show, you said that you believe President Trump would do the right thing in the end and concede. And since then, he has frankly done everything other than the right thing. Uh, he's done everything he can to subvert so, the process. So Jake Tapper, he's done everything other than the right thing. You know, everything other than the right thing. I don't know. Did Jefferson do the right thing in 1800, genius? Johnson in 1824? Hayes in 1874? How about the election stealing, famously, of Lyndon Johnson to become a senator and also throwing Texas in 1960? Any of that bother you, Tapper? They make it like Trump's not throwing anything. You notice there's no lawsuits against the Republicans. There's no lawsuits against the Trump campaign for fraud. None. Zero. Oh, that's because Biden won. No, no, no. There's no lawsuits challenging them for fraud. Because they brought all their lawsuits. They already changed all the systems. So let's listen to this genius, Larry Hogan, who voted for Ronald Reagan for president. Now let me tell you a little secret. Larry Hogan would never have supported Ronald Reagan in 1976 or the 80 primaries. He would have thrown in with Bush. He probably would have voted for John Anderson. This guy's a fraud and a hack. With that stupid look on his face. Go ahead. In pressuring state officials directly. Nobody phony. pressured state officials, you a-hole. They all came out and said they weren't pressured. How do you know? Tapper. You fraud. Go ahead. Servicing board uh, officials and having legislators flown in. Do you still have confidence that President Trump will eventually do the right wow, thing? Wow, what a question. He sounds like that senator from Hawaii. What's her name? He's the Mazi Hirono of the uh, of CNN. Mazi, and the look in the in the right light, it's similar. But he's the Mazi Hirono of CNN. In other words, an idiot. Let's see. They know Larry Hogan hates Trump. That's why they bring Romney on and Sass and these other frauds. Go ahead. Well, I have confidence that on January 20th, uh, the uh, president-elect is going to be sworn in. But I, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, I could say that uh, I'm, I'm confident that the president's going to do the right thing. Um, look, I thought the uh, the pressuring of the legislators to try to somehow, you know, change uh, the outcome uh, with... Hey, uh, Hogan, with a- why are you such a pathological liar? The legislators said that didn't happen. So why are you repeating this? Why are you regurgitating this? Why are you burping up these lies? I'll tell you why, because you're a coward. You run to the left in a Democrat state. You're a coward, like Michael Steele's a coward. Unbelievable, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen?
I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, one day only sale. Wouldn't you rather just work with a company who puts you on a pedestal every day? That's what you get with Pure Talk, a veteran-run wireless company that understands what it means to serve. Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Now, if you're with them, you're overpaying pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over $400 a year. Unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it. What a novelty, a company that actually puts their customers first. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. When you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N, LEVINPODCAST, Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. I was going to announce something I want to do next week with a guest, but I'm not going to announce it because, you know, the backbenchers are always like, what's he, what's he going to do? So I don't want to do that, but I have an idea. I don't even know why I brought it up if I can't pursue it, but there you go. It is amazing to me, when you look at a newspaper like the Washington Compost, here we have an article already. Who's it by? Shira Frankel. Oh, Shira Frankel? Shira Frankel. Is she a Yenta? Fra- Shira? Shira Frankel. Meet the top election misinformation super spreaders. Wow, Shira. Two Trumps and a set of right wing commentators have been the top so called super spreaders of election misinformation. According to research by. What is it? AVAZ, A-V-A-A-Z, a global human rights group. Oh, do tell. In descending order, the five included the right-wing commentators Dan Bongino, Mark Levin, Diamond and Silk, David J. Harris Jr. I don't know who that is. As well as one of the president's sons, Don Jr. President Trump topped the list according to the research. Well, guess what, Mr. Producer? I have a research firm too, human rights firm. Levin, human rights Watch. Did you know this, Mr. Producer? And we have a list of the five biggest putzes. And one of the biggest putzes is Shira Franco. Shira, you just won the Mark Levin Human Rights Putz Award. You're a putz. Since Election Day, there have been over 77.1 million likes, comments, and shares on Facebook from the top 25 super spreaders of voter fraud misinformation. The top five alone are responsible for 49.2... This is what they do. This is a a predictable, Marxist, hard, left-wing effort. Remember what Saul Linsky said. Don't get into the issues. Pick a target, personalize it, and attack it. So this is the Washington Compost. And Sheriff Franco... The spokesman for Facebook said the company was taking every opportunity to label posts. So now they're encouraging Facebook, you see, to censor me and people like me 
because Shira Frankel contacted Facebook. And Shira Frankel found some group, some group called Avaz. Avaz, a global human rights group. And they're so busy protecting human rights that they're attacking me. Shira, whatever you do, don't choke on a turkey bone this weekend, this Thursday. It'd be a horrible thing. Be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. In addition to their... Their lawlessness, their desire to destroy the constitutional system. I, th- I should say, uh, Mark Levin, the human rights, what, juggernaut? Something like that? We'll figure out something to counter the kooks on the left. But I want you to think about it. In addition to all the things they did in these states to try and... Uh, affect the outcome of the election for Biden. They still talk about enemies lists. They still talk about destroying people. They even talk about, what was it, indoctrination camps? They talk like this. I believe they believe it. We really need to keep an eye on our Bill of Rights. But if the courts are going to bend like Judge Brand in uh, Pennsylvania or the Chief Justice of the United States, if they're not going to stand up and do their jobs, it's going to get difficult. My fear here is if the law keeps being bastardized to support the Democrats and if the Democrats use their power to enhance themselves in lieu of the country, that is, your allegiance is to them. Something horrible is going to happen in this country. I fear this very, very much. Because all the, the, uh, the mechanisms for uh, a civil society are being destroyed. The police, the rule of law, the constitutional system, the courts, the media... And when people feel that their backs are against the wall, that their lives are being ruined, that their freedoms are being destroyed, that their private property is being taxed at a level that is simply uh, at a point that it can't, it's unbearable, people react. And I'm getting concerned about this. I really am. You see Antifa, you see Black Lives Matter. They're celebrated. They're celebrated. And when you have people who 
do not fit into these various racial groups, and you call them white supremacists and neo-Nazis, and uh, people can only take so much of this crap. So I'm very concerned about this. These people who sit in their cubicles at the New York Times and the Washington Post or CNN and MSNBC, all colluding with the Democrat Party, these Democrats who have infiltrated the, the media like the Chuck Todds and the George Stephanopoulos, and that's only the tip of the iceberg. They think this is all fun and games. They think this is great. They think they have the upper hand. They're lighting fuses. When you destroy the civil society, when you destroy the the Republican features of government, when you even undermine the vote, the one opportunity people have to influence their government, to fix the outcome on behalf of your candidate, and that's what all this litigation was about early on, and everyone knows it, and there's nowhere to go for relief because the courts are increasingly corrupt and intellectually weak. You're lighting fuses. I'm not lighting anything. They're lighting fuses. And it's something to worry about. I'm defending the civil society. I'm defending republicanism. I'm defending the Constitution, the individual liberty, the rule of law, however it comes out, however the election comes out. But you don't get to radically change voting in various states to accommodate the base of the Democrat Party, and that's exactly what it is. And then when they're challenges by Republicans, it's hurry up. Forget about Christie and Toomey and all these other jokes. Forget about them. Forget about them. They don't comprehend what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. For them, it's all about Republican-Democrat, Trump-Biden, while all of that is consequential. There's something much bigger taking place here. The counter-revolution. And these fools have been in Washington so long, or these fools have been part of the media environment so long, they don't see it. They're blind. We have a third vaccine company here. AstraZeneca has a vaccine, too, that's 90% effective. Except in its case, it doesn't even have to be frozen. It's like one is better than the next in certain environments, in certain situations. This is Operation Warp Speed. Now, you don't hear any credit. I don't have any clips here from CNN or MSNBC or any New York Slimes or Washington Compost spokesperson or media person even acknowledging what a tremendous success Operation Warp Speed is. Even if they think the president has lost, they won't give it to him. It's shocking. You have to go to The Guardian. As the number of COVID-19 cases in the United States passes 12 million, what's the uh, mortality rate? They won't tell you because it's well under 1%. The Trump administration's vaccine program advisor predicted that life in America could be back to normal around May of 2021 as immunization is set to begin. May of 2021. Fifteen months after the outbreak. Fifteen months. There's not another country in the world that's doing this. Because we have the greatest private sector that the Democrats want to kill. And we have a great president who knows how to organize. 
The note of optimism came even as millions of Americans were expected to travel for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday this week, and many appeared to be ignoring warnings from health officials about furthering the spread of the infectious disease. Wouldn't you love to know where all these reporters are going on Thanksgiving and who they're with? Trust me, they're as big of frauds as Newsom and the others. They do whatever the hell they want to do. And they're going to have a very pleasant Thanksgiving with their family. Maybe they'll have relatives over. Maybe they'll go. But you'll never know. Because reporters don't report on reporters. Unless they work at Fox or in conservative talk radio. Monsef Slawi, chief science advisor of the government's Operation Warp Speed Vaccine Development and Distribution Program which involves the military and the private sector as well as government health experts. This whole thing was put together by Trump. It was his brainchild. Said that pending regulatory approval for the first vaccine means the first Americans could be vaccinated outside of clinical trial by mid-December. That's three weeks away. Mid-December. I played an audio for you the other day, earlier I guess later last week. In May of last year, where NBC, among others, brought in all these experts that said, no, it can't happen. No, it's not going to happen. No, that's too fat. And it's happened. And then I played for you my interview with the President of the United States, I believe it was September 20th, in which I asked him specifically, he pointed out, the politics is the Democrats don't want to give any credit to the administration. And so they trashed the president over the coming vaccines. They covered up the enormous amount of evidence involving the Biden crime family. They pushed the Russia hoax for years. And then they get on TV and they lecture us about who's undermining democracy. These, these punks, these Democrat hacks sanctimonious, self-righteous, self-aggrandizing buffoons. I think that covers it, Mr. Producer. So now we have Al Sharpton on MSLSD on Saturday. Why is he on MSLSD? And why don't they fire him for the stupid-ass comments they make? You know why, and I know why. Because he's brilliant, that's why. And he's talking to Mayor Randall Woodfin of Birmingham, Alabama. Cat 12, go. Any in elected office, and many of us that are not, that have uh, public platforms, have the dual problem of, one, making sure that if a vaccine does uh, come about, uh, that it is distributed in areas that have desert uh, areas when it comes to health services, and convincing a lot of people in the community, once we're convinced ourselves, that the vaccine is fine to take or that it is not something that we've experienced in our own history in the black community like the Tuskegee experiment. Wait, 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 wait. Make sure the black communities get it first but then persuade us that it's not the Tuskegee experiment. What the hell is he talking about? What happened with that Tuskegee experiment was criminal. It was grotesque. Why would you bring it up in the context when you're trying to persuade people to take vaccines to save their lives? How can, you, how can you say, number one, prioritize it for the black community, but on the other hand, remember the Tuskegee experiment? 
I don't know what to say. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, one of the few patriots out there, still patriot, speaks up, makes a lot of sense, very articulate, uh, who I like to watch on television, and there are many, is my buddy Pete Hegseth. And he's got this fantastic book out, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. And uh, we want to link to this on Mark Levin Show Parlor, Mark Levin Show Twitter, and while we're still there, Mark Levin Show Facebook and I want to strongly encourage you to get that. It's about these magnificent heroes. Pete Hegseth, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. You know, first I would like you to tell the audience, you went to Princeton? You went to Harvard? I did, yes, sir. And you joined the military afterwards or before? Afterwards, yep. Well, tell us about your journey, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I, it was, um, I came from a small town, not from a military family. You know what it was? It was Memorial Day parades, Veterans Day parades, Fourth of July parades my parents took me to that had a huge impact on me. The reverence the, 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 the people in these small towns had for the World War II Korean War vets, Vietnam vets, uh, Gulf War vets, it just it, it soaked into me. And so when I went to college at Princeton, I did ROTC. Uh, joined the military. Did I actually did most? I did my deployment to Guantanamo and Iraq before I went to the Kennedy School at Harvard, and then I deployed to Afghanistan. And listen, I would every day. It's kind of like when Bill Buckley said he'd rather have the first forty names, and he'd rather have the first forty names in the Boston phone book govern him, govern him than the Harvard faculty. I would much rather spend every day with the men I served with in uniform than anyone I met in the Ivy League, and it's because. These are the real one percenters in our country who get that our freedom comes at a cost and understands first principles. And so it's the best thing I ever did, Mark, was join, joining the military. And, you know, the things you learn in combat that reveal about human nature never leave you. And, uh, you know, it's um, I'm proud to have done it. And uh, I think uh, I would encourage. Well, you know, listen, our Pentagon's got plenty of problems today, but. If you want, if you want your life forged in the right direction, the military is certainly a good way to go. So you were in combat. Yes, I was. I, I was a uh, platoon leader with the 101st Airborne uh, in Iraq, and we were there when the uh, we were in Baghdad. Did a number of air assault raids there, and then moved up to Samarra, which is in a, in a northern part of Iraq near where Saddam's hometown is. When the Golden Mosque was bombed, which triggered a lot of the civil war, that was. 
uh, where we were when it happened. And uh, yeah, I've seen all sides of the war. I've seen, you know, working with local governments. I've seen walking patrols. I've seen combat. I've seen, you know, fighting an enemy that hides amongst women and children. It doesn't wear uniforms. It doesn't fight by the rules that we uh, we fight. So when I when I do something like write this book, which I know we'll get to. I do it from a place as someone who's walked in the same boots. And a lot of the men and women we write about in the book, of course, have done so much more, much more. But I at least get it, you know, the 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 the, the feelings and the, the emotions that overcome you when, you know, the first time, you know, Winston Churchill said, you never forget the first time you've been, been shot at. You never felt more alive. And, and that's that's true. And you don't say it flippantly. It's you, you learn a lot about yourself. Well, I wanted people to know your background. People know about it at a surface level, but you really are a serious, substantive patriot. And uh, when you speak, people should listen. Now, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. What motivated you to write this now? You know, a lot of times veterans are reluctant to tell their story, certainly from from older generations. And it takes some time to, to draw it out. And I've met so many guys from this current conflict whose stories deserve to be heard in these complex wars overseas. And, you, you know, you have, uh, you know what it's like when you come on Fox and friends, Mark, we make sure you get, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes because people need to hear from Mark Levin. Very kind of, uh, but well, as we should, as we should, uh, but other segments, you know, it's usually three, three and a half minutes and you'll have a medal of honor recipient or an army ranger or a green beret. And by the time the segment's over, yeah, you've heard, great things, but you know you've just scratched the surface. And so from there, I I said, hey, let's start a series on Fox Nation called Modern Warriors, where we get these guys long-form interviews where they're together to speak candidly. And so what we do is get them a room, get them a couple of beers with each other, and pretty soon you get in the real story. I mean, the unvarnished, raw, politically incorrect, blunt view of what it's like to have the bullets whizzing past your head, what it's like to be on that helicopter before you set down on the mission the, the fear, the pain, um, the, the, the overcoming, the struggle, the sacrifice, uh, being in the team room, all the things you don't usually hear. And it worked. I mean, it, because I, they, they don't feel like I'm, you know, most vets don't want to talk to reporters. I'm not one. And so let's all get together and talk, even if the cameras are on. And the book is an extension of that. You're getting the firsthand view of these warriors. And these are SEALs, Rangers, Green Berets snipers, bomb techs, fighter pilots who have been on the front lines deployed three, four, five, six times, have seen it all, and they're willing to kind of bear their soul because they want people to understand the conflicts they've been in and then why they serve. Yes, it's the brotherhood, and it is when the bullets are flying, but it's also because they understand how fragile our republic is, and it requires defending, and they've seen other countries where we don't have this freedom and they come back passionate to, to continue that purpose. And transition's a big part of the book, too. How do these guys come home and ultimately um, you know, find another chapter where they continue to give back? And there's great stories in here that should motivate people, whether you've served or not, um, about how to push through adversity, how to find that next gear, uh, and how to fight for your country. You're listening to Pete Hegseth. The book is Modern Warriors, Real Stories for Real Heroes. You can go directly to Amazon. I really would like him to beat uh, Barack Milhouse, Benito Obama. That might be tough, but let's get him up there. <laughs> That's Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes, Pete Hegseth, and we link to it on all my social sites, Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. And by the way, Washington Post is very concerned, Pete, that 
I'm using Twitter and Facebook to move people over to Parler, which we all know is a right-wing QAnon site. And um, oh. oh, yes, they've got it all figured out over there at the Washington Post. I've made it abundantly clear. I'm going to be on Facebook till the end of the year that I'm leaving. People are begging me to stay. I have no interest. Twitter has not really bothered me, so I'm not leaving Twitter yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when we come back after the bottom of the hour, I want to get in with Pete some of the stories here. We won't be able to get in all, but some of the some of the very interesting stories that are in his book, Modern Warriors, Real Stories for Real Heroes. Let me make a suggestion. During the break, head over to Amazon and grab your copy. You'll get a copy tomorrow if you order it right now. I believe it comes out tomorrow, as a matter of fact. All right, we'll be right back with Pete Hegseth, Modern Warriors, Real Stories for Real Heroes, a book for every American. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. This is Radio Free America on the Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I misheard something. I thought Governor Andrew Cuomo was getting an enema. Then I find out he's getting an Emmy. An enema, I got it. An Emmy, I I don't understand that at all. All right, our friend Pete Hegseth, Modern Warriors, Real (laughs) Stories from Real Heroes, Pete, give us some examples in your book. Well, first of all, Mark, I want, I want to say this, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart, and I know your listeners do too. You are a hero of the republic, and thank you for everything no. you do every single day. Every single day, I mean it. You're a guiding light, uh, and we all look to you, and we appreciate it. Let me just do. say this. I really appreciate that, but Pete, when you put your life on your line, I, don't put my, I never put my life on the line. It's two totally different things. So I, I want to thank you. And all these wonderful people you write about. I appreciate that very much. Well, it, it, it's, I mean it 100%. And, and you know, the, it was humbling to write this book because to hear them in their own words talk about what they went through in a very candid way. I mean, from uh, one story in particular, this is one that's personal to me, is, is, Master, is Sergeant Major uh, Eric Garrison. He was my first sergeant in Iraq. I was one of his platoon leaders, and we were in combat together. He did another tour after hours, and he earned the Silver Star for actions he took. His outpost, which they had just taken over, was attacked within three days by over 200 al-Qaeda fighters uh, who, who, had, who knew their position, were fixed on their position. And if he hadn't fought relentlessly for his men to prepare for that attack and then exposed himself time and time again throughout the attack, 
uh, his men would not have come home. Uh, and they, to a man, credit him uh, with the fact that that he is that they're alive today. Or or Nick Irving, who's in one of the chapters, who's a uh, Army Ranger, one of the few, few black guys in his unit at the time. Uh, he was a, a sniper, and he earned the name uh, the Reaper because he was so effective in killing the enemy. Every unit that went out wanted Nick Irving, the Reaper, overwatching their position. And anyone who's been in a patrol I have wants to know where the snipers are and that they're in range. And he would he saved lives every day. Those snipers he, are scary what? dudes, aren't they? Unbelievable. And this, I, we actually just did a, a Fox Nation episode with Modern Warriors where we went to the range and shot. And I was there with two Army Rangers, a SEAL, and a gun nut Marine. And I thought I was a good shot, and they shot circles around me. And this guy shot three times as many targets at long range than any of us did, and it was with a rifle he'd never touched before in his life. I mean, mm-hmm. it is unbelievable to watch uh, his craft. But he, so he, he did that at the same time, then had to come home. And he had to figure out how to kind of put the Reaper away. That's who he was. That's the identity. That was he, he able to do it? He was, but it took a lot of time. And the book talks candidly about the dark places a lot of these guys yeah. went to before yeah. they figured out how to do it. And, and there's 13 other stories that are just like it. Navy SEALs, I mean, putting you right in the middle of combat. Uh, it's humbling to think that these – and it's – Mark, it's not you – know, I did three tours. These guys did four, five, six, seven, eight tours – never knowing if they'd come home. And, uh, you know, we owe it to them to tell their stories because societies, cultures, what we celebrate and honor are a reflection of what we value. And as you pointed out with the nonsense enema Emmy for, for Cuomo is that we're full of vapidness where we celebrate people who deserve none of what they get celebrated for. And this book is an attempt to kind of write very some of well that put. wrong and highlight the right people. That's really well put. I hadn't thought of it that way. Let me ask you a question. How about in your own life? I got to believe some mornings, early in the morning, some nights, it's tough to sleep. You think back to different events and so forth. For sure. Uh, I think all the time. You replay the moments uh, where did I make the right decision? Would we have killed more of the enemy and they wouldn't have killed guys in the future? Could we have saved someone? Would, would things have been different? I think about it a lot on Veterans Day because – if you really, there's only one thing that separates Veterans Day from Memorial Day, and that's that one explosion, that one bullet, that one IED. From in my case, it was that one RPG that didn't explode. Uh, a lot of us are just, you know, there's a lot of luck and fortune, and that looks down on you in the battlefield. And a lot of people left wondering, why did I survive when the guy right next to me, who could have been me, didn't? Uh, and you do reflect on it, and it, it, it changes you, but it also fortifies you to say, I've seen real evil. I've seen real depravity. I've seen how other countries live. So you may not think America is a perfect country. Uh, by the way, no country is if you compare it to heaven. But if you look mm-hmm. around the globe and you realize what we have, you cherish it every mm-hmm. day. And that's what fortifies you to fight for it. Now, you're right about this fellow. I forget his name right off the top of my head. Who, who would train special forces. Tell us about him. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, they're just like Willink one of the toughest the, guys in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jocko Willink. He's got a podcast. That's it. Uh, the Jocko podcast. He's a lieutenant commander in the Navy SEALs. I mean, he is I, I would I wouldn't want to meet him in a back alley, let alone the battlefield. And he has he talks about how combat changed him, made him a better person and how he you know, he led the teams that were a part of the most dangerous missions you could ever conceive of. The ones where they said, hey, we may not be coming back. Uh, and he's used it 
to then train Navy SEALs in the future. And when you when you hear the way he talks, it's it, it's it's a fortitude and a discipline that feels otherworldly. It's almost like you know the president's got energy that we can't relate to. This mm-hmm. guy has an ability to draw deep. You're all you think about when you're done with that chapter is I'm glad he's on our team because uh, he's 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 the type of I would want my kids to be forged into the kind of man that he is. Uh, and so that was the most interesting part of the book was meeting these people in a new way. You know them by the trident they wear on their chest, but they're much more than that, and they were forged to be these kind of warriors. And you conducted each interview? Yeah, we were talking to all of them. And and it was it was and that's what's cool about the book. We did the interviews and then most of the chapter is just in their own voice. So it's them talking about their combat experience. I interject a little bit. I wrote the introduction, uh, but it really is a collection of their stories. Because think about the the World War II and Vietnam vets who never want to talk. They don't want to talk, and mm-hmm. and and that's okay. And I respect that. But it, it, I think it helps people. Connect My grandfather to never wanted to talk. Country. He fought at Iwo Jima and Guam. He lost his voice. He talked like this after and and uh, there were 110. Is that a unit? 110 men. Yeah, whatever. that's a, that's, a, that's a company. Yep. Five of them lived, and Holy he was one cow. of them. And he always wondered why he was one of them. He's, he was horrific, and I mean, some points hand to hand combat, and he never, never talked about it. We would find out about it, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there, until the day he died. It was amazing. And some of these guys are still like that, and 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 like like you can you can understand they don't want to talk to reporters. They don't, no. they don't trust reporters. They don't trust the media. And that's why I tried to step in and say, listen, guys, I want the good, bad, and the ugly, but you're talking to a friend here. And, and I think your stories being on the page are going to motivate other people. They inspire other people. They're going to teach other people. And, and in a world where you know, the left wants to tear down our statues and rip God out of things and get rid of standing for the national anthem, People need to read about why they should be so proud of this country in a non-academic sense, in a visceral, emotional sense. The left does it so well with emotion. We should we should provide some of the reasons why uh, this republic is worth fighting and dying for. And and in each of the chapters, they point out the men that didn't come home, and that is certainly what weighs on their soul as well. Let me tell you, this book, and I put this, is it's not particularly for those of us who've never gone to war. It is eye-opening. You really learn a lot about these individuals. Um, you learn how uh, how rough it was and how tough it is when they come back, and uh, you you really can identify with them. And um, honestly, I've never read a book like this before. It's really quite intriguing and compelling. I think you did a hell of well, a I, job, Pete. That means a great deal to me, uh, for sure. And. I, 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 you know, we're used to writing things that are coming out of our gut and coming out of, you know, the way we feel about America. Uh, each chapter comes out of the gut of these guys, and it, it does come out of getting them in a comfortable place where they feel like they can tell the story. So I, I am, I am proud of it. I'm grateful to all of them and their service. And this book is for every single warrior, and the families that supported them, and the patriots that backed them up of every generation. And I hope people consider giving it to their fellow patriots and service members and military families, it, it will be, you can read it one chapter at a time. You can dip into certain chapters. It really puts you in the thick of things. And it really makes you on Thanksgiving, thank God for men like this because, uh, and men like you, because the truth is the overwhelming majority of us 
don't do and didn't do what you and they have done. I feel the same way about our police officers who are up against it right now. And uh, I want to thank you. This is a fantastic book. Any patriot out there, any Levinite out there, you're going to really want to look at this book. You got at the top of the Amazon list, the biggest narcissist and self-aggrandizer in world history in Barack Obama. These men that you write about, these are not narcissists. These are not egomaniacs. These are real Yanks, red-blooded Yanks who stood up for their country over and over and over again and put their lives on the line. And this Thanksgiving, I want to strongly encourage anybody who's listening to this program to get this book as quickly as you can, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. You can order it tonight. It's available in the morning. Tomorrow is the day it comes out. Right before Thanksgiving, it's the perfect time. And it's a great author here. You know, Pete says, I didn't write the book. No, but you had to organize all this, and you had to do all the work, or it wouldn't have happened. So, Pete Hegseth, I want to thank you, my friend. And from the bottom of our heart, and the country should know, you and your wife and me and my wife were dear friends. And we love you guys, Mm -hmm. and thank you for everything. Well, we love you, too. Thank you so much. We're in the fight together, Mark, and I really appreciate it. All right, Pete. Take care. Please, I want to encourage you. You're going to really... This book is really going to affect you in a big way, in a good way, particularly with everything that's swirling around you right now. Whether you served or not, and if you have served, you're definitely going to want to read it. And if you haven't served, even more so. Even more so. And again, I want to strongly encourage you. Strongly encourage you. Pete Hegseth, he doesn't really talk that much about what he did overseas. I got a little bit out of him, as you heard. He's a great patriot. And when you watch him on Fox and Friends on the weekends, he's a great patriot. I want to strongly encourage you to get a copy of his book right now. Go to Amazon, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes, Pete Hegseth. Or if you're on any of my sites commenting this evening, whether it's on Twitter or Parler or Facebook, you'll be able to get it through a link there as well. Make it as easy as possible so you can get it delivered right away. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Did you know I'm a super spreader, Mr. Producer? A misinformation, some unknown human rights group. I'm a super, super spreader. And it's written by, what was her name? I forget, Franken, right? Shira Franken, that's it. 
Well, maybe she's a super spreader. Accuse me of being a super spreader. I don't even know what that means, super spreader. I think she's a super spreader. What do you think of that? (laughs) Idiot. Super spreader? I'm super spreader of disinformation and misinformation. A human rights group called, what's that, Aziza or whatever the hell it is. Oh, yes. So a human rights group, self-identified, is spending time monitoring me and a handful of our buddies. And it's so important that the Washington Compost sends out one of its crackpots, left-wing goons. Oh, I'm sorry. New York Times. What's the difference? To attack. And then they attack Parler as some kind of QAnon outfit, which it clearly is not. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And then, and then if the president uses the legal processes to address some of the issues that took place as a result of the left using the legal processes to upset a number of the election laws in the states, he's undermining democracy. And we know that's true because Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, and the the, uh, Kate May Orca, he's got some issues going on. Chris Christie. And uh, who's the other one? Oh, John Bolton. You know, there's... uh, it's very much like throwing rocks through windows. Very much like the ride. Oh, thanks, John. Sit down and shut up. Who's the other one? Oh, Pat Toomey. Whose buddy's on the court. Buddy who has really no background that really lends itself to being a federal judge. But there he is. Writing about Frankenstein. Wow, how compelling. He really let us have it, that guy. He was unbelievable. But I'm a super spreader. I think she's a super spreader. What do you think of that, Mr. B? I think she's a super spreader of lies and misinformation. And the Mark Levin Human Rights Organization, I just formed one today. The Mark Levin Human Rights Organization says that the group that, that, gave, that, that calls me a super spreader, well, I think they're super spreaders. I just formed my own group. And for Chris Christie... I have an organization, I've, I've had an organization for years, haven't I, Mr. Producer, called Fatties United, or FU? FU is not going to invite Chris Christie, even though he qualifies by every measurement. FU, Fatties United, is not going to invite Chris Christie to be a member. As a matter of fact, we have our standards. And when it comes to FU... Chris Christie doesn't meet our standards. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. May I strongly encourage you to jump in right now at Amazon. Pete Hague says, great book, Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. Real Stories from Real Heroes, Modern Warriors. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.